Mindset Mastery Class with your professor, me, Laura Catella. I'm very rarely going to have a guest on, very rarely. And today is a special day because I am bringing on the one, the only, the incomparable Alyssa J. Dillon, who is a big reason behind why these classes even exist. Tell us a little bit about what you do and a little bit about how you got to doing what you do currently. Uh, I can, I'll make this story as uh, short and sweet, but the most effective it can be. Um, I, my journey here started, it's not like I woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to be a coach for accountants, right? (laughs) And there's a lot of people who do that in this in this space, right? Coaches that are like, I want to be a coach for coaches who coach coaches, right? Um, I actually uh, was a CFO myself and I hated my life, which is pretty normal for CFOs, right? Um, If you watch the news, you see them jumping off of buildings uh, quite frequently. Like it is an actual sad truth. Financial professionals are some of the most depressed professionals in the United States, in in the world. Um, they work long hours. They carry the weight, the, the stress of most companies. And so knowing that, I was like, I can't keep going down this hole. I happen to have two babies in one year. Um, I have Irish twin boys. They're here with me. So if I have to mute myself and help them out with something really quick, I may have to jump off, but Laura will, will have my back here. Um, they're on spring break right now. So uh, having those two babies in one year, I realized I was not going to allow someone else to raise those kiddos. So I quit my job as a CFO. And that was a pretty bold move. Knowing that I had been in a family that was really like and there's nothing wrong with corporate America, Alyssa, there's nothing wrong with being a CFO. And they, they kept sending me jobs for like other controller positions, other accounting positions. And they're like, here's another job. Maybe this one will be more flexible. Maybe this will be less stress. Maybe you'll have more time with your kids if you take this job, Alyssa. And I was like, no, I think I'm going to start my own thing. And so I did. I started uh, what I thought would just be a small bookkeeping side hustle that quickly grew. And I was doing about $25,000 a month, um, working three days a week. And I was taking care of my kids. I was making really great money. And I had a team of other CPAs. And I had a girl named Lindsay, a girl named Melissa, and a guy named Alex working for me. They were doing all the work. And I was really the face of the company. I learned marketing pretty quickly. I learned how to get clients. Um, doing the same strategies that I teach today, which is happens to be doing a weekly live training uh, and some other tactics, right? Online tactics where I didn't have to leave my house. I was doing it just like this in my dining room. I have an office now. I don't happen to be there today. Uh, And then from there, I got the attention of more accounting professionals, um, got on some podcasts. And next thing I knew, accounting professionals were asking me, can you help me grow my business? And in 2019, I made a full pivot to do that. And so that's what I've been doing ever since. Since 2019. And yeah. um, 
talk a little bit about 2022. That was your best year so far. Yes. Yeah. 2022. Uh, so 2019 um, was 2019. It was like, I did my first launch and we had, I had my best money year, like money month. Like I've made, I did a launch and we made like $50,000 cash. And I was like, Whoa, like, this is crazy. Like I can make really good money. Right. But then I stayed stuck there for years. Like it was like a 50 to 60 K cash month. Like, and I was, I did what most coaches do. It's the feast or famine. Like we, we kind of stayed stuck in that feast or famine. We lived launch to launch. And so my bank account just did this forever and ever and ever. And finally in 2022, um, I met, I met, uh, I actually met Stefan. I, I joined a program and I, I, I did something really bold. I asked the copywriting coach, uh, it happens with Tim Allwell. Uh, I asked him, I said, listen, if I want to be a better copywriter than you, who do I learn from? And, uh, he said, he said, Stefan Georgie, and that happens to be Laura's husband. And so I signed up for Stefan's, um, email list and they, he launched a program called the profit fix formula, right? Is that, and so Laura happened to have like this little video, this little cameo in it. And I was like, who's this, who's this chick? Who is she? She's so cute. And you had your hair like pigtails in that video, Mm -hmm. right? totally gave me a different impression of who Laura was in that. Like I was like this, this little nerdy copywriter, like totally different impression, but I still was like intrigued. I was like, Stefan's got a wife. Okay. Like, and then he reveals that he learned how to write copy in that video from Laura. And I was like, no shit. (laughs) And so if you guys know me, like, I don't, I don't, I go to the, I want to go to the, the, like the goat, right? Like, I'm like, oh, you learned. So just like I asked Tim, right? I was like, Tim, who did you learn from? And he's like, Stefan. I was like, so Stefan learned from Laura, huh? All right. So I went to the copy accelerator event. And then I was like, I was just waiting. I'm looking around. And I was like, I took my moment and I was like, I got to meet Laura. And so I was like, I made, I made the, the, I took a moment and I introduced myself and we didn't, we didn't get to talk a lot. I wasn't trying to be like one of those like fangirls, but I think I did say like, I'm a fangirl. I was like, I'm so excited to introduce myself to you. And it took time to get to know Laura. And then I went to Laura's event. So 2022 is really the year that I, I pushed myself into Stefan and Laura's world. Um, And uh, 2022, we, we, started making, we did over a million. We did 1.1 million. And, uh, first people I messaged when we hit that was Stefan and Laura, I sent them a group chat and I said, listen, I'm going to (laughs) cry. Um, I said, listen, I, I've worked with a lot of freaking people, worked with a lot of coaches. I've worked with a lot of, um, I've worked with a lot of man agencies and I've hired a lot of people. And a lot of people say a lot of fucking things, right? They have a, they talk a lot. They make a lot of promises. Um, but between Stefan and Laura, um, and they're just honest. And their true desire to help 
And, you know, it's interesting just when I would have a breakdown, when I would go through something, Laura being there for me is really what got me through 2022. I broke down in a fucking airport in Colorado, like laying down on the floor, crying in Colorado, Denver, Colorado airport, crying, sobbing. And I messaged Laura because I was being bullied online, right? Um, And she had me fucking laughing, laughing (laughs) within minutes and making me realize that like this girl that was bullying me, that was literally, she made a post about me in her group of like 7,000 people made a post about me um, that like her fucking copy that day was about me. Right. Like how ironic is that? And I was like, no shit. Like how ironic is that? She has nothing to talk about today other than me. Like that's how fucking big I am. Right. And so Laura made me see that and completely flipped the script. And it's just like all of that stuff. And it wasn't always the, the tactical practical that got me to that 1.1 million. Sometimes it's just all of the shit that goes on in your head and who you become is really what helped me get where I needed to go. Right. Um, something that I'll, I'll, I took away. I actually, there's a video, there's a reel that's going around right now. Uh, it's of me and it's of me crying saying like the biggest thing you guys, I hope you don't mind. I'm just like fucking riffing right now, Laura. Um, the biggest thing that, that Laura helped me with last year was man i i spent so much time the previous years thinking that i wasn't enough i wasn't enough to get on a stage i wasn't enough to write a book i wasn't enough and i think this is part of what i sent to to Laura and to Stefan um part of my message to them in a group chat I spent so much time thinking that I wasn't going to be enough until I hit a million. I wasn't going to be enough. I wasn't going to be somebody special until I hit a million dollars. But what Laura made me realize last year was that in order to hit a million, I had to realize I was good enough to hit a million. And that's the reason I did it in 2022. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I want to extrapolate a few of the things Alyssa said so that they're really, really clear to the group, because when you fully realize it, uh, you can notice how powerful they are. One is you've always been like, I want to go to the best. I want to go to the best and I want to learn from the best. I want to shortcut this. I want to get there. Just take me to the person. And That is so huge, and it's so huge that you were able to do that even when you would have the little saboteur and the little negative voice, right? Because some people will fully let that negative voice take over, and they won't go seek out the best. They'll say, I'm not ready, right? I'm not ready. I have to do this in order to be ready to seek out the best. But it's actually backwards, right, as you alluded to at the end. You have to step up and start getting there, and then the more... You practice that even in the face of the negative voice, the more the negative voice goes away. And 
Uh, there's a lot that I could say, but to keep us sort of on track, as, <laughs> as I'm always striving to do, tell us a bit about what you sold in 2019 and in 2020 or whatever that kept you, that was probably a contributing factor to the feast famine cycle. What was that package? Oh, uh, I mean, it's no different than what I sell today. It's, that's what you're going <laughs> to probably talk about, right? Uh, what did I sell? I mean, I sold the result. I sold the, I sold some bullshit. I don't know. I don't even know. It was like, do you want to build a business working three days a week and learn how I made six figures, multi six figures working three days a week as a mom? But was that in a like a the boot camp called, like or year long mastermind yeah, it was or what? Six weeks, six figures. That was like our, my my big my my main program was called Six Weeks, Six Figures. That was what I sold. And that was like what I was known for six weeks, six figures. And then I did like six weeks, six figures reboot when we like pretty much upgraded it. Right. And then people rejoined. And then I did what was called like this biz badass mastermind where I, I took my shot at memberships when our memberships got big. Right. That was bust. Uh, didn't work out well. Um, Everyone was like, you got to do a membership, recurring revenue, low ticket memberships. No, it, was, it didn't go over well. So we got rid of that. But that was, it was, uh, it was essentially, it's, it's essentially what I'm doing now. Just now I'm better. And what's better? Um, what's better? You know, I wouldn't, one thing for all of you to hear, I wouldn't be better today if I hadn't learned all the lessons from selling my bullshit back then, right? Which wasn't bullshit. I didn't think it was bullshit. I thought it was great then too. Um, the only reason I'm better is because I have analyzed from day one, analyzed why did they get results? Why didn't they get results? What did they do? What did they take action on? What did they like the most? What didn't they like? What did they like? It's just, I'm constantly in analytical mode, right? Um, and just watching my people, watching them every step of the way, who got results, who didn't get results? Why didn't they get results? Why did they get results? And that's how I continue to make our program better. And so that has turned into um, an Ascension model where we have our, our 30 day boot camp. We have our 90-day accelerator, and then we have our full-blown Moneymaker Mastermind. And you never get the chance to analyze your people unless you put an offering out there and get some people to analyze. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. You have to. And that's another big reason I'm, like, so gung-ho on sales calls. People that are, like, they, they don't want to do sales calls. They don't want to get on the call, right? They're, like, I don't want to have to do sales calls. I just want to sell from a page. I'm, like... No, get on the fucking sales call because you have no idea what they need, right? I'm always like, the reason I've sold so much shit is because I get on a sales call with them and they tell me what their problems are. And then I sell them the solution to that problem mm -hmm. at all day long. I sell, I can sell you anything. I'll just sell you the solution to that problem all day long. Like I'll customize whatever you need. 
And, and honestly, that's all we do all day long, right? I can sell you the same program all day long, 90 day accelerator, 90 day authority accelerator. It is all day long selling them the solution to their problem. Tell us a Pure little sales. bit about your approach to sales calls, because I know they're terrifying to a lot of folks. I, I mean, why? I don't even talk on them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? Talk. Everybody hear that? I don't. don't she said, I don't talk. talk on them. This is a huge, <laughs> this is actually a huge <laughs> tactic because what so many people will get on sales calls and do is they'll start talking and they'll start selling the thing without ever letting <laughs> the other party on the call do the talking. Yeah, you barely have to talk. It's like, say less, uh, in fact. Yeah, say, say less. way less. It's like, way hey, yeah, I, I'm going to give you my whole, ready? You better start writing right now. If you don't have something to write with, I'm going to give you, this is like fire right now. I'll give you my whole sales call. Uh, this is, and I just went through this with my team. I just went through this with Alexis, who is, she sold over a million dollars in for my company. Over a million dollars for my company. She, I'm not kidding. So she does this same strategy. And I just like finessed her a few days ago, just finessed her. I was like, Hey, this is, I want you to adjust, right? This is my whole sales call. Ask it. Hey, so glad we got on this call. Uh, we're tell icebreaker, right? First part icebreaker. Whereabouts you live, right? Where do you live? They tell me awesome. Never been there. Oh, I was there once. Love it. You're in Maryland. Love Maryland. Maryland's awesome. We went to wherever. Uh, so tell me how long you've known about me, right? I want to know if they have like, how warm is this person? I need to gauge. How warm are you? Did you just find out about me yesterday? Like how hard is this going to be to sell you? Or have you known about me for five years since I've been on the internet and so you are going to be the easiest sell of my life, right? I need to know. I'm gauging, right? It's like, oh, I've known about you for two years. Great. Like, that's perfect. Two years? Good. You know a lot about me. You've been hanging around. That's the next thing, right? How do you know about me? How much do you know about me? So tell me what's going on in your business. Actually, back up. Sorry, that's the next question. Why'd you book a call? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm why did you book a call? It's the most basic question. They booked a call with you. Why did you book a call? Tell me why. They're going to word vomit. Like sometimes they answer all of my questions with that one question. They're like, so listen, these are all the problems I have with my business. This is what I want. This is what's going on. This is how you could solve all my problems. This is why I know you could solve. Like sometimes they tell me it all right there. And I'm like, great. Right. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're like, oh, I saw this one email and you were offering this. So then I'm like cued in. Great. They already know about the offer. Perfect. I'm not even really going to have to pitch here. Right. Next thing. If they don't tell me a lot about their business, I ask them to tell me more about what's going on in their business right now. Where are they currently? That's it. They'll tell me. Where do you want to be in your business? What do you want to happen? Where do you want to take it? What do you want to happen? What is the goal? Why are you not there yet? What's going on? Why haven't you gotten there? They'll tell you, right? I'm stuck. I don't know how. I haven't figured it out yet. 
Um, I haven't been able to invest in the right resources. They'll give you the reason. Why do you think I could solve that? Why do you think working with me, convince me that I'm going to solve your problems? Why is this so effective? Now they're selling that I'm the solution. They know I'm the solution, right? I don't have to sell them that I'm the solution. They're going to tell me I'm the solution. This is awesome for psychology, right? If you're not writing this shit down, write it down. So why do you think that I'm going to help you to get where you want? Why are you sold on the fact that I'm going to get you where you want to go? They tell me. I, You know, Alyssa, I have been watching your content for the last two years, and I am just so in love with your strategies. They're so straightforward. I just know I'll be able to implement everything you tell me to do. Like, great. That is awesome. We're definitely going to be able to work together so well then, right? We're Now we're talking in terms, like we're moving forward, right? This is no longer a sales call. This is an engagement. We're engaged. Like, we're moving this shit forward. From there, it's like, now we're, it's like, I'm like, so based on everything we've talked about, should we talk about working together? Like, it sounds like I can definitely help you, right? Notice how little I've talked. Every question I just told you, I asked, I told it to you in what, three minutes here? Mm-hmm. Three, five minutes? They do the talking. That might be a 40-minute call, but I've just said every word that I say on the call in about three to five minutes. They say everything else. And then, of course, I'm going to talk about how I work with them right? This is what it's going to look like. This is how we work together. Do you want to move forward? And I get a yes before we talk about investment. Good. So good. So good. Um, let's just close, let's close the thread on it. So when you talk about the investment, do you get them a link, like send them a link on the call and try to like have them sign up right then and there? How does that look like for you? And different people do different stuff, but. Uh, I take, I take money on the call. Like I'm like, if, are you ready to move forward? Um, They are typically saying like, yes, absolutely. And I'm like, okay, we can get started right now. This is what it would look like. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, so the last thing we need to talk about is investment. Are you ready to make an investment today? And they're typically like, yep, what does that look like? And so at that point, I usually share my screen and I would show them the page where I would be putting in credit card information. And so I'll be like, oh, I can take a pay, take a card from you. And we would talk about a payment plan or payable and what the difference would look like. I never send links for payment okay. ever. If you want to, if they're like, oh, I, I'm sorry, I want to do the payment plan. Say it's broken out in a, a split pay, right? I, you know, the payment plan will work better for me, but I have to move funds around. Um, so I can't do it at this exact moment. It's like, okay, when will you have that ready? It's like, oh, tomorrow at two. Perfect. Let's reschedule a call for tomorrow at two. Mm. I get them back on the call. I'm never going to send you a link because then guess what you're doing? Following back up with them. Hey, Mm -hmm. hey, I saw Jan that you still didn't do the link, right? Like if you get them to commit to a call again, 
Oh, then, yeah. hey, I'm on a call. Why does this take forever? <laughs> yeah. Why does it take forever? Hold on one second. <laughs> Not much longer, little ones. <laughs> Is that good, you guys? It was really good. I learned some stuff. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the not so new, but the thing Alyssa did recently to close 130K in new business in just the past two weeks. So I can uh, prime you guys for that story with Alyssa sends me a DM and she's like, I'm going to do 100K in seven days. And I'm like, okay, dope. And then she'll walk us through. I think it took her nine days, which she was like, I didn't do it in exactly seven days, which is how we are, right? <laughs> we, we do an amazing milestone, um, but we focus on the where we fell a little bit short. But that's okay because Alyssa has me to talk her out of that. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I'm like, you did something amazing. I'm like, let's go, stop. So... Yes, Alyssa, I was just saying when you DM me saying I'm going to do 100K in seven days. So mm -hmm. tell us, tell us a bit about it. Uh, yeah, so I think I think it's important to talk about the buildup to what was going on before that, because it's really it's easy to talk about like the good. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but why did that have to happen? Um, so before that I was kind of like in the belly of despair. Like I was going through it. Um, like super emotional, um, feeling like my company was like, I re I recently wrote an email and it was like, I feel like I'm the, uh, there was like a week where I felt like I was like the CEO of fire festival, like just like a total fraud, like, total imposter. Like this thing is a total joke. Like I quit, like it, people are going to be sleeping on fake mattresses on an Island that doesn't exist. Like this is awful. Um, and it's like, you know, your team messages you with direction and you just like want to tell them to F off. Like I want to just sleep in bed, leave me alone. I don't care. I don't care what happens. I don't even care. Like I was, I was just feel really feeling it, feeling the pressure, Colin, come downstairs. <laughs> okay, find it downstairs, please. Um, so, do you mind telling us kind of what what was going on? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so I basically was in this really high pressure situation. Um, I have been working with an ads agency for a while. And the ads agency, basically the way my money was working is I was making money, right? And so we'll say like, I was making anywhere from say 50 to 70,000 a month, which is normal for my company, right? Like 50, 70,000. And that's like, that's our, that's our reoccurring revenue. And so we're like doing reoccurring, like currently my reoccurring revenue is around like $66,000 a month, which is awesome, right? That's because of payment plans. That's because of subscriptions. Like 
awesome. Like that's cool. It covers our bills. I, I take a really great salary out of it. I pay my husband out of it. Like we live a great lifestyle. I'm so thankful for that. And I have a lot of gratitude around the revenue that we create, but obviously I want to scale that. And so when we do launches, we also add on to that and we can get a little higher. And so we're at this place where we can make an easy million, right? I know that now, like we make easy million. Great. Perfect. The problem became that that revenue we were creating, my ads agency, I was paying them about six to $7,000 a month. Plus they had an ads spend minimum of $15,000. 15,000. That was about $22,000. So for the last three months, they were dropping into that revenue about 15,000. It was pulling my, my money, my, my revenue or my overall profit in the, I was not profitable. Mm -hmm. I was draining my cash and I was getting stressed out. And so I would get on my ads calls and they'd be like, we're four X ROAs. And I was like, no, we're losing money. Like my company's losing money. We're not four X ROAs. And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, if we were four X ROAs, that would mean that you were. And so luckily I'm an accountant. Luckily I have a CFO brain. Luckily I'm no dummy because I was like, listen, if we were four X ROAs, that would mean you would be saying you're spending 15 K 20, let's say 20 K for easy math. That would mean you're taking 20K and you're going out 4X ROA. Every $1 you spend, you'd be making $4. So 20K, you'd be out, you'd be bringing me additional 80K. That would mean I'd be making $160,000 a month because the revenue I'm making, I'm making straight from just Alyssa J. fucking Dylan. Mm -hmm. This is my money that I've made. This is what I put in the bank. So you're just spending, you're just pulling out of my revenue. That's all you're doing. And so finally I had to have this really hard conversation with my agency. And I was like, look, you guys are just killing me right now. Like you, I've been patient. I've had a lot of hard conversations, but it, this isn't working. And so I know, I know that when it comes to, I'm feeding my kids ice cream to, to <laughs> be appeasing them and make them go away. Um, but I'm like, I know, like, I'm trying to be patient. I'm trying to like, allow you guys to do your thing, to get it to work. Like, I'm not trying to be a pain in the butt. Right. And I think we do that, especially as like women also, where we try not to be the one that's like, Hey, this isn't working, but I don't want to be a pain. Like, I don't want to be annoying and be like, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't care. Go get a spoon and get away right now. Um, so I was losing money for the last January, February, and it was dipping my cash down to a place that I was getting uncomfortable. And I was like, this is, this is stressing me out. And I have an event coming up also, which I know is going to, is going to take a lot of cash reserves. So that's where the emotions were coming from. And I was like, I got to go make money right now. We got to make more money. And so it was a place of who am I? I know I make money. I know I can do it. Um, let's go. It's time. Like, 
I'm, I got to do what I got to do. And I think it's important for everybody to understand that a lot of the agencies and a lot of the, the business gurus and the online marketing gurus in general have this orientation of maximize, maximize, maximize. Okay, Alyssa had her best year ever. Let's go hard to scale it and like let's like 5x that. Well, what ends yeah. up happening in that pursuit is what? You take on a lot of risk. You're, you decrease your option pool, right? Because now you're so over leveraged here in ad spend and you're spinning your wheels and you're out of control. A lot of small, like maximizing is what really large companies like are meant to do. Small businesses are supposed to be optimizing and not maximizing. And so Alyssa and I talked about that and we got clear on for where she was at right now, it makes sense to stop the bleed of the ad spend. Yeah. Also to like kick off an ad campaign for a small business at $15,000 a month. That's a lot of fucking spend. It's just simply a lot of fucking spend. But that's what agencies are interested in doing. That's no fault on them. That's their business model. Like they want to be spending a lot. But it doesn't often make sense for the small business to just dive in there and be spending that much out of the gate without optimizing any ad campaigns. And so that's something you got to be aware of. And the other factor that contributes to people doing that is what my mentor Dan Nicholson calls the highest month paradigm because you do your best ever and you immediately want to do more than that. But it's your best. It's hard to beat by definition. And so you end up taking all these risks. And so the beautiful thing about Alyssa is that she realized it quickly instead mm -hmm. of spending more and more months going after that in the interest of yeah. what? Because it gets to a point where perhaps you make more revenue, but are you as profitable? What are you really after? And so, yeah, all those awarenesses come in and Alyssa realizes who she is and does what she's always done and makes an offering to her people. Tell us about that offer. Yeah, so what's what's so crazy about this is this came about from a conversation that we had uh, and a, a conversation where I made a suggestion to you about, well, what if you just created a guarantee, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and thinking about that, I was like, well, I got to be creative, right? The other thing that I did that I hadn't done in a while is I took some time to journal for myself. Like I sat down with my journal and I wrote out some prompts for myself around like, who do I need to be right now to get out of this? Like, who do I need to be right now to create the revenue I need to do? And two things that came up for me in like two different prompts were, I need the freedom to be creative. Like I always get out of every spot I'm in when I have the space to be creative, when I get to create. And I know that like, I'm a creative, I love to create. And so as soon as I was given that opportunity and I tapped into being creative, 
I did, I created something, right? And I was like, what if it's just a 90 day accelerator? And what if we just worked one-on-one with people? And so ultimately what I did is I looked at our mastermind. I take a step back. The, the problem we were having in that moment is that we weren't selling what we normally sell. sell. Our mastermind is a year-long mastermind and people were not taking action on it. We had a lot of accountants who were very busy. Our ideal client, like if you think of the market, the best way I like to describe a market is like it's on a scale, right? From I'm so broke, I have nothing. I have no credit, no cash, no nothing, right? And then the scale gradually goes up to like beyond what we can think of, right? And so there's this like middle of the market, right? Like where my two fingers are. There's this middle of the market and that's usually like, maybe it's not the middle, but I don't know what it is. But my people, they maybe are making like 10, 20, 30,000 a month, right? We'll say around there, 10 to 30,000 a month. They're so busy during tax season because they already have clients and then they are, they get tons of clients from word of mouth and referrals. They're not buying anything in February. They're not buying anything in March. They are busy. They are paying attention to my marketing. Right. And so my problem was, is they weren't taking action. And I was like, shit, I can't get these people. They, they were like, oh my gosh, Alyssa, we, I love you. I'm going to join in April. I'm going to join in April. I'm going to come in April. I'm going to do everything in April. So they all wanted to join. And like, we have tons of people committed right now to joining our program in April. But like, that doesn't help me make money right now. So I was like, well, what, what do we need to do? So what I did is I went downstream. I swam downstream to this market these people. So I solve for a new problem. Uh, this problem I was solving for is like, you're so busy. You need to get out of this, this situation where you're so busy. And I started solving for what if I could show you exactly what to do to get clients right now versus you're so busy. So I solve for a new problem. I went down market right down here and I built out a 90 day program just for them, where I wouldn't necessarily put them, totally immerse them in my mastermind, but it could be one-on-one. And so I could give them something different. And we took the pieces of my mastermind that were already really sexy, that people loved the accountability, the one-on-one, right? So the things that people really like, and we just put that on steroids and that was it. So all the resources were already there. We just shifted it over. So it was something I came up with the idea on a Friday and I started selling it on Monday. Mm. There is always going to be a part of your market that is ready to invest in the one-on-one, just tell me what the fuck to do solution. Because so many people who you buy a course, you haven't gone through it, right? Bought, bought a course, haven't gone through it. Joined a year long program. Don't show up to the calls. Don't do the things, right? But what do those people need to get the result? Well, if Alyssa was looking me dead in the face and said, I got to do X, Y, and Z to guarantee the outcome, then they'll finally start doing it. And there are people who already know that that's what they need. You just have to show up and offer it to them. 
And so this is where some of what Alyssa spoke to also helped me. We ended up not intentionally, but doing something similar in tandem because I, in all my years of doing stuff, have never offered an income guarantee to people. And I realized when Alyssa brought this to my attention that because I never offered it, I never created the environment where people were certain to get that outcome. Because if I leave it loose, right, and willy-nilly, and it's like, well, if, you know, hopefully you listen to me and get the result, but they don't have to because I didn't put my balls on the table and create the guarantee. Whereas, you know, I ran through it in my head like this. Well, how would I be different? How would I show up differently if I guaranteed X outcome? I would tell them exactly what to do. (laughs) I would say, if you don't do this, you're not getting the result, right? And so the whole environment changes by creating a guarantee like that. And maybe it's an income guarantee. Maybe it's not. It's going to depend on what you offer or what you sell. But when you sack up and guarantee that outcome, you show up differently, your customer shows up differently, and the whole environment changes. And of course, they're going to be getting more of the result. Does that make sense? That makes sense to everybody on here? And so in order for me to micro step into this, right, I was like, well, how do I rig the game? I'm going to put an application in there. So I only accept people for the program who I know can get the result. That's a great way to start. But what did I even realize doing this? And this is what I've withheld from Alyssa for like a week and a half because I was like, I'm going to tell you about it on our call. I would look through the applications and I would get worried. I would want to accept people, but I wasn't sure if I could bring the result. Can I bring the result? Can I bring the result? So I would sit and think about people like for days. Can I give them the result? Can I give them the result? There's a problem with that because it's not, can I, Laura Catella, give them the result? It's, can the process give them the result? Can the process give them the result? And then I'm like, well, fuck yeah. I know the process works. They got to follow it. That was that hu- a huge shift that unlocked even more of my confidence in the ability to deliver. It's not, can Bobby do it? Can Lynn do it? It's, does the process give them the result? And if you're feeling like, no, the process doesn't, then you got to go modify the fucking process. But it's not I, 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 right? And so that unleashed like a whole new level of what I am able to create and back up the process and give to people. And that's what Alyssa awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and that, so models, right? So whenever, whenever I talk about this, they talk about like having a model and method, right? So do you have a model? Do you have a method? And then you should be able to give those models and methods to somebody else on your team to facilitate and go teach your clients to do, right? They should be able to facilitate it. And so that's where we have like Tiffany. So I no longer think about like the program as like, I, I'm completely like Tiffany can go facilitate the the 30 K and 90 day guarantee for us. 
Like, I don't even have to worry about it. It's, it's out of my hands. I'm not even part of the process anymore because the process is already there. Tiffany gets them the result. And sometimes I'm like, I'm blown away because I'm like, look at Tiffany getting the results, but it's like, oh yeah, I created that process. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's already the methods and the models are already there. And so it's just as easy as that. Right. Another way to stack your guarantee is like, imagine, imagine that most people only do 30% of the work, right? 20 to 30% of the work. How can you make your process so good that if they only do 30% of the work, they'd still get the result, right? I always think of things in terms of that. So it's like, what if they only did 30% of your process? Would they still get a result? And then the people who do 100% of the work, they're going to get fucking like epic results. Yes. Right? And keep the results that you promise realistic to what you know the process delivers. Because one way people will fuck this up is they essentially end up over-promising and under-delivering. Or if they're over-promising and they know it, energetically, they don't show up as strong to share the offering. And people don't buy in and they wonder why. Whereas, you know, I I guaranteed 3K. 3K. It's not a fuck ton of money. 3K in 30 days, right? I kept it small and I want to move on and do something bigger. But knowing that this was my first time trying a program like this, I kept it to where I had complete conviction. Complete conviction. Whereas I'm going to show you how to do 100K in seven days like Alyssa, you know, I might not have as much conviction and that's going to taint enrolling people, the environment and everything else. So keep it something you're so energetically comfortable with and a lot of your own internal fighting intention will dissipate. And there'll be, there's always also a market for people who want that solution. Because in a lot of instances, you only have to be a few steps ahead. And you don't pretend to be farther ahead than you are. (laughs) The more you openly communicate, look, I'm just a few steps ahead. And I'm going to show you how to take those few steps so you get ahead. How appealing is that to your people? It's so honest. And you're able to deliver. And so that's essentially what Alyssa and I did. And by making those promises, the environment gets created where you deliver on the promise. But if you don't make the promise, the environment doesn't get created. Ooh, actually, this reminded me of a question that I have for you, Alyssa, because people will be afraid. They say, I don't want somebody to take advantage of me. I do a whole bunch of work for them. And then I think about copywriters as an example where they're going to deliver a letter, right? And they don't want somebody to take advantage of them, get the letter, and then turn around and ask for the guarantee. Do you know or do any like potential red flags come to mind where if a prospect does a certain thing, you might know, oh, they're the type of person who might be trying to take advantage of me? Um, so as far as like the guarantee goes, I think it, I think the biggest thing is you protect yourself with an engagement letter. And you have like the conditions 
you know the conditions and you know that the conditions are going to be met right um there's there has to be like some level of accountability like i guarantee that you're going to get these results in these conditions right mm-hmm. like so for example if you're if you're creating a guarantee that they're going to get certain results from selling to a list well then make sure that the list is active, that you have a list that buys frequently and they know that they're already making money from that list, not a list that's been inactive and they have like a less than 10% open rate, right? Like Mm -hmm. it can't be a dead list that doesn't buy from them already that isn't loyal, right? Like somebody would be, if you gave me that guarantee, you'd be probably in good shape because I have a really loyal list. People love me on my list. It's a small list, right? I don't have a huge following. It's not like I have a hundred thousand people. I have a small but loyal following. And so you'd be in good shape, but you go to a person who's like, oh, don't worry. I have a hundred thousand followers. You're going to be in great shape. But you know, the open rate is like this and they haven't bought crap from them in the past well so know what conditions need to be met so good in order for you to and put that in your engagement letter so a lot of times people ask us for the engagement letter to know that the guarantee is going to be met and we're fine with handing it out we're like yeah absolutely read it you have to do your work too right and so our conditions to be met for our guarantee are things like they have to they have to complete the entire program and process Mm-hmm. If you don't come to your weekly calls, if you don't complete the program, then there's no guarantee. You're ineligible. No. Yeah. You're, you're ineligible. ineligible. Like we'll work with you one-on-one until you get the the result. We say that. Like that's part of it. But if you stop showing up and you stop doing the work, you're ineligible. Like you don't get to just opt out and say, oh, well, I can't come for three weeks and I'm not going to do the work for three weeks. Then, sorry. Like, so we good. don't get to not show up for three weeks. Like, <laughs> we we would have to find a way. Like, So good. So as the action step for you guys, remember, set the conditions. Mm-hmm. What are the conditions that have to be met for somebody to be eligible for the guarantee? And if you have the fear, somebody's just going to try to take advantage of me, like that would be such a small percentage of the population. People want your solution to work. They don't want to take advantage of the guarantee. (laughs) They want the result that you're promising. They want the outcome. The vast majority of people are not looking to screw you over. Right. Yeah. Most people take take you up on a guarantee because like I'm currently in a situation with a guarantee and like I don't want to ask these people for a refund. I want the solution to work. Like I'm currently in that scenario. Like I'm like I'm looking at these guys like please don't make me ask you for a fucking refund. Like I don't want to ask you for a refund. Don't put me in that scenario. Please, please, please make this work. Like I'm begging you, like I'm begging you to get me the results you promised me, which was the ROI, 
Like mm-hmm. theirs is, I think like two X their return on investment. And I'm like, please get me that please. Right. Or they'll refund, I think is their, their guarantee. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't, pe- most people don't want to be put in that position. Mm-mm. Right. And that's why another reason a sales call is important. So you can have those conversations so you could feel out red flags. If everybody here set the process oriented goal of having whatever, 50 conversations in the next 90 days, 100 conversations in the next 90 days, you will all make more money, period. Oh, yeah. Period. Yep. And you set it up in that empowered environment that Alyssa talked about. No bait and switch bullshit for a sales call. Like sometimes people have it set up in this sort of bait and switchy way and they wonder why they're not closing anybody on a sales call. I'm like, well, they don't know they're showing up for a sales call. <laughs> You're tricking them. <laughs> that doesn't feel good. When they, when you book on their sales call appointment, <laughs> that's my favorite thing people do to me. Oh, I just booked on this link because I wanted to talk to you about, and it's like, I'm sorry, this is a sales call. So... <laughs> like it blows my mind. I actually just found this link and I wanted to talk to you about our services. Like, oh, you did. You thought that was a really good idea? <laughs> I think you're a total douchebag now. So I never want to hear about your services again. I hope your business fails. <laughs> so unnecessary. Right. It's like, this is awful way to start your business. I hope you learn new strategies. Just like I had to. (laughs) You can set up Um, that offering and establish your conditions internally and then let people know if you're interested in this, you can book a call with me. That's it, isn't it? It's as simple as that. Right. A lot of times, like you you guys, the, the biggest thing that happened, like I made the post on my page. It was in my group and it was like, if I offered you to work with us in a situation where you could get this result and you didn't have to do this and you could do this and we worked with you one-on-one and you got this in return, would you be interested? That was it, right? And, And everyone was like, yes, 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 yes. And then I just went to DMing, right? It was like, hey, Sounds good. And I just did a little qualifying. It was like, tell me a little more about yourself. Hey, what's going on? What kind of business do you have? All right, great. Yeah. Let's, let's get on a call. Here's my link. Right. And sometimes I don't let my team send links. I do because I have authority. Right. And so they'll be like, okay, I better book with Alyssa. Right. Because they know me. I don't let my team send links though. Right. So if you don't, if you don't have a ton of authority yet in your space, then you would say like, let me book that for you right? Here, let me book that for you. What's your, what's your name? What's your email? What's your phone number? I'll get that booked for you. Right. Just as a courtesy, um, make the job as, as simple as possible. Don't give them a lot of options. Be like, do you have this time or this time available? Mm -hmm. Because business owners, if they're busy, right. If you are, if you're a service provider and you're going after high end business owners who already are really busy, right? You want to write copy for me, 
right? I have a seven figure company and not that I'm like, by the way, a million dollars is not a lot of money. It's not. If you think it is, if you're on this call and you're like, oh my God, that's crazy. It's not a lot of money. I'm telling you right now, it's not. Shoot higher, go higher. It's not, it runs out real fast, especially when you got a team, it runs out real fast. So I was like, oh my God, once I make a million dollars, everything's going to just be so easy. And there's just, uh, my life will be great. I can basically retire. Like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I learned real quick. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but you're, you're talking to somebody who is very busy. You're talking to somebody who has a whole team. You're talking to somebody who might have kids who might be traveling a lot. Right. So it's like, do you have this time or this time available? That time works, right? Okay, awesome. I'll get that on your calendar. And then it's it's like, if they don't respond, follow up. Because they looked at that message while they were on another Zoom call. And they're like, oh, I got to respond to that. And then they set their phone down. Mm-hmm. Follow up. We appreciate it. I will tell you the copywriters, especially if you're a copywriter, other service provider on this call right now, the copywriters that have landed work with me are the ones who have followed up. They're the only ones who's ever worked with me. Do you have language that you like for a follow-up? Because I, I don't like just following up or just boosting oh. this. I don't like, what oh. do you got that you oh, like? God. Don't ever say that. No. Awful, uh, you should act like that person is like your bestie, right? Like, hey, Liz, uh, Last time we talked, you were doing this. How is that going? Last time we talked, you were at a birthday party. I hope you had fun. How is everything going? Haven't heard from you in a minute. Hey, last time we talked, I knew you were sick. How are you feeling? Are you better? Right? Like, be a human. Talk to them like a human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're a human. Right? So definitely not, like, just following up. But, like, that person's your bestie. Right? Love that. And keep it short. Keep it short. Two sentences. Hey, last time we talked, you were here. Or how's everything going since then? Mm-hmm. I um and people then will ask me. Other, right. They'll yes. see the other thing that's above that. And then it's gonna be top of mind. It's like, and then they're gonna say, Oh shit, I forgot to get back to you on that work. Right. Yes. Because your only job right now in that first message, that follow-up message, is to get them to respond. Not to say, yes, I want to work with you. It's just to get the response. Remember that. Just to get a response. So good. That's really good because I know a lot of people get confused with the follow-up. And my example might not apply to everybody all the time. But like folks would ask me, like when I get these like awesome Diamond Day speakers, right? They'd be like, Laura, how'd you connect with, you know, Fladlin, Perry Belcher, Joe Polish, all these guys. I literally like just slip into the DMs as if I'm already their best friend. It's literally what I do. And then if they don't respond because they're busy and very distractible, my, I'm trying to find you an example. It's been a while. So like, I will literally just be like, Perry, with a bunch of R's. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is what I will yeah. do. It elicits a response. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't have to go that annoying. But for like me, it's on yeah. It's on brand for me, right? Right. 
Yeah. So like I have the point I is to not Jason. overthink the follow up. I have Jason's like personal cell phone number. And so like my one friend Shanita was just at um, TSP and she was like, oh my God, this guy Jason's here. And I was like, oh yeah, I have Jason's phone number. And she was like, I was going to get my book signed. And I was like, oh, that's so weird because <laughs> I can't imagine asking Jason to sign my book because I would feel weird since we've created like a personal relationship at this point. And I, and so I was like messaging him, but it got me thinking like, oh, people think really highly of Jason. And I just think he's like this cool dude. Right. Yes. And it's like, man, people really overthink having these conversations and like reaching out to people and they're just people like, and then she was like, oh, and then have you heard of this guy? She she was talking about Joe Polish. And I was like, yeah, he's just, he's just a dude. Like he's just, he's very much just a dude. Yes. He's just a dude. Like I was like, he's doing really good work. He's just a dude. And so Shanita's like, oh my gosh, I just have like this long list of all these people out of me. And I was like, yeah, there's, they're cool people. Like you'll, you'll meet them eventually. Like keep hanging out with me and, and I'll figure out some events they're at. And then we'll just like, mm-hmm. I was like, I'll, I'll talk to Laura. Laura will be at our event. Laura will be at the event. I'll introduce you to Sh- Shanita with Laura. Shanita will meet, and then we'll figure out where we can go, where we can meet all these people. It'll be easy. No big deal. Yeah. But I'm like, don't overthink it. It's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah. When you, yeah. And when you like ask somebody to sign the book or do anything like that, what, what have you automatically done? You've created a, this. Yeah, a this. exactly. Ver- yeah. Versus. So when I first met Joe, um, it was at his event. So the first question I asked him is how do you think the event's going so far? What is that? That's a, this. And now yeah. he's like confiding it as somebody who also runs events, right? He's confiding in me in like the backstage inner workings of the event. I'm like, you think they're paying attention or what do you think? <laughs> Saw some people on their phones, you know, more of a this versus a, oh my yeah. God, Joe, I love you so much. Can you sign your book? So we don't want to create yeah. this. We want to create more of this. And it could, it's done as simply as the type of questions you ask them and the type of things you say. Yeah. So that's my yeah. favorite question for any speaker. Like if there's a speaker at an event that I like that I don't know yet, I'd be like, how'd you think your talk went? <laughs> Way different than, oh my God, I loved your talk. Can I pick your brain? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. So good. Yeah. I can't even remember. Um, I don't remember how I introduced myself to you, but I know I was like, I'm going to introduce myself to Laura. I don't remember either, but I remember loving you. <laughs> so good. What's not to love? <laughs> so good. So best. not humble. <laughs> not humble. Mm-mm. Not humble. Mm-mm. Yeah, stop being humble. No, nah, we're humble. not humble. That could be part two. <laughs> Our part two call. Yes. All right. Everybody All right. got a lot of out of this? Yes, we hope you guys got a ton of value out of this. If you guys joining us in the Facebook group, thank you. Thank you for your participation. And you guys got value. Can you do me a huge favor? Who got value? Number one. Everybody. If you got value, do us a huge favor. Can you go let the world know you got value? close the call by going out into the world and saying, listen, Laura Catella, Alyssa J. Dillon, tag us. Our serious fire. They're the two women that you ought to be following, ought to be hanging out with. 
If you want to learn anything about business, if you want to hear the real deal, go post it. We don't ask you for money to jump on these calls. We're just spitting fire, giving you value. So thank you, Alyssa. Another masterclass. See? Yes. Thank you, Alyssa. I love you so much. Thank you for your time today. And I will see all of you next week. Love you guys. All right. Bye, guys.